Today's episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Arena Australia. Arena are the very best swimming brand in the business, whether you're after the best race suits, racing training goggles, training aids, or even team gear for your clubs. Arena Australia are the way to go. If you don't believe me, just look up on the blocks at the finals of most events at either nationals or international events, and you'll see the Arena logo front and centre on the fastest swimmers' race suits. They just are the best. Head over to arenaswimming.com.au right now for all the latest sales and discounts, and let them know that Off the Block Swimming Podcast sent you. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Nuyen's hand. From the sinister of all eyes is the great Madam Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats. Vets in the black hats. And Vets is bullets. I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe to Thorpe. Thorpe the hall. Thorpe goes in. Australia win. Joining me today on the podcast is a legend of our sport. She's a three-time Olympian, former world champion, and an absolute superstar. She recently released a new range of swim gear called PB with Bronte which we're all very excited about. I wanted to get her on for a chat to talk about that and many, many other things. It's a massive welcome back to Off The Block Swimming Podcast to Bronte Campbell. Bronte, how are you, mate? Hello, Robbie. Thanks for having me back. Oh, I'm excited to have you back. It's been a while. I haven't spoken to you for ages. And then I saw you down at um, the AIS when I came down to do a session there. And no, it was good to, to catch up and have you been anyway. Yeah, I've been good. I think it's been probably almost three years since we last caught up. So, yeah, it's um, it's gone very quickly. There was some, there was a weird gap in the middle there. Something about COVID. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's just kind of, and it's funny how quickly we get back on with life now uh, that we've sort of not forgotten about it, but it's kind of like in the rearview mirror. Um, we were talking about it in terms of. Um, junior representation and there's junior worlds and youth com games has just been on and there's a period of time where none of that happened so we had a lot of young swimmers that weren't getting exposed to that sort of stuff so we sort of took a lot of these sort of freedoms for granted so yeah no it's been a while but it's good to catch up with you mate and as i said i saw you down there and a lot's changed since the last time we spoke and we'll we'll touch base with that as well but um how's your week looking like this week have you been yeah, it's been a good week, thanks. Um, like you said, we caught up when I was in Canberra, so I'm training um, in Canberra a lot of the time, but I'm back in Sydney. I drove back when I come back Wednesday. So I um, I normally do a big stint in Canberra, and then I, when I come back, I um, train in Sydney for a few days or this time a few weeks. There's a few comps on in Sydney, so I'll be back here for a bit. Yeah, it's busy. It's exciting. We were just literally talking about that before we started about the busyness of, of what's happening at the moment. Um, let, let's get to that then. I'll, obviously, we're going to talk, as I said, about um, PB with Bronte, and I want to definitely dive into that as well. But let, let's chat about some of the changes. And, you know, you're down there at the AAS training with Shannon Rollison now, which for everyone who listens to this podcast knows I have the Shannon Rollison podcast with Shannon. So um, very familiar with, with him and he's a brilliant mind and a fantastic coach. And I think his results over time have spoken for themselves. For yourself, uh, when you made the decision that you wanted to keep going 
with your swimming and, and charge forward and progress. How did all of that sort of come about? Talk to me about, as I said, we haven't spoke for three years. So um, talk to me about that sort of conversation with yourself and your team around you and, and then coming with that um, decision, yeah, I guess, I, to travel. Yeah, um, I had 18 months off after the last Olympics and I honestly just took that time to explore life outside of the pool and I hadn't made a hard and fast decision whether I was going to come back or not so um, people were like well why didn't you just announce that you retired it's like well I wasn't 100% sure what I was going to do and <laughs> I always wanted to if I was going to retire I wanted that to be it and once I was done for that to be definitely the end I'm no Johnny Farnham I'm not doing the last <laughs> comeback to it over and over again so yeah. I um I took those 18 months, I, I worked at EY, did business consulting, went to the office every day in the city, um, something completely different. And it was um, it was really refreshing and really good for me to do that. I just um, finished my business degree. So um, finally moving on and getting what they would call a grown-up job. Oh, congratulations. Um, but, no, thank you. It was, um, <laughs> it, was, it was good fun. And like I said, I've been swimming. I mean, realistically, I started swimming when I was seven years old with... When I was seven, my goal was to go to the Olympics. And after I have gone to three of them, 21 years later, I was like, I need to um, I need to do something a little bit different now um, and shift the focus. And after about a year of that, I was um, ready to see what it would be like to come back into the pool and start doing a little bit of training and um, decided that, yep, yeah, I'm ready to give it one last, one last crack for Paris. And here we are a year out and... My um my former coach Simon Kuzak, who I've been with since I was seven years old, so twenty one years with him, he's not doing pool deck coaching anymore, and he's also back up in in Brisbane. So, um, for the first time in my life, I was looking around for a new coach, um, which is actually very unusual, like very very common for people to change coaches throughout their career multiple times. So, um, yeah, I was really happy to talked to Shannon and come do some training sessions with him and decided he was a really good fit. And yeah, now I'm, I'm based in Canberra, in between, in between Canberra and Sydney. I'm pretending I still live in Sydney, but I spend <laughs> most of my time in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was, I'll, you know, I'll touch on Shannon and his coaching and his training at the moment, but that's what I was going to say. What What's the challenges been like for you, you know, still living in Sydney, but also traveling down there and the backwards and forwards, um, no doubt you know, you're enjoying your time, you're enjoying yourself. I can see that just even in, you know, when you were down there, you were enjoying it. It wasn't like you're dragging your feet to walk in there, but there still comes challenges, right? With the travel backwards and forwards. So how have you been with that? Has it taken a bit of an adjustment period for you? Yeah. I mean, I've spent um, a lot of time doing say long distance from my partner who lives in Sydney. Um, we've done distance for what, two years three years at a time. Um, so I'm pretty, pretty used to that life adjustment. Um, I really, really, really miss the beach when I'm in Canberra. Um, and the Canberra in winter is obviously a lot colder than um, winter in Sydney, but that's fine. Um, and yeah, to your earlier point, I, um, I wasn't ever going to do this if I wasn't enjoying it. So it's not like the moment I stop enjoying it, I'll stop because there are definitely mornings when I don't feel like doing it, but um <laughs> Having gone away and sort of started a life outside of the pool, this was like a very active choice to come back to it. And um, if it doesn't serve me for any reason, um, and if I don't more, if I 
deep down in my soul don't want to do it anymore. I just won't. So there's also this like, this great freedom where I know that, um, yes, there's definite challenges living between two cities and I never know where all my stuff is at any point in time. And I'm, I'm not a terribly organized person. So trying to organize my life between two cities can be quite tricky, but the moment that I, that I actually don't want to do it, I can just make it all stop and I can um, move on with my life if I want. But at the moment, it's all worth it. So I'll just keep on um, keep on plugging on. And I know technically, like at any point in my swimming career, I could have stopped. But um, it feels a bit different this time in that um, I would be stopping in order to do something else as opposed to just stopping one thing. So Yeah, um, and having questions about what do I do now where you kind of have a rough idea of what you would want to move into. Yeah, I mean, my um, I'm just on a leave of absence from my job. So at any point, if I want to go back to my job, it's um, it's there for me, which is incredible flexibility from EY to to facilitate that. So if um, if I decided that that lifestyle and that job was better for me, I could I could choose it. It's um, it's a very different thing to stop swimming. It's a different thing to choose a different career. So um, I've been able to have the time and space to figure all of that out. Have the cold mornings been down in Canberra? Have you enjoyed those? I actually don't mind the cold at all. Like I'm from Brisbane originally, so um, it's I used to really, really hate the cold, but I just take it as like something a bit different. So I've got this whole year I get to experience different things. I get to go in in the mornings and there's ice on my car and there's frost <laughs> everywhere. And it's like, it's, it's um, I don't think I'm going to be living in Canberra again. So I may as well just enjoy it for, for what it is and put on all my layers and enjoy having my beanie on every day and um, sort of soak it all up. It's um, it is Canberra's beautiful. And I yeah. feel like it gets, it gets a lot of shtick because it's, it's cold. Everyone comes down from, from Queensland. They're like, Oh, it's so chilly. And I'm like, <laughs> mate, you're wearing slides. Like, of course it's chilly. Put some odd boots on. Like <laughs> just um, I'm just, in, I'm just enjoying it. And then obviously the pool is such a great facility and um that's the main thing. If the water's warm, I don't really care about um, what's happening outside of that. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I enjoy, I, we always go take teams down to Canberra for the weekend and uh, always enjoy, you know, having nights out with the teams and catching up with Shannon as well. And yeah, it's, it's, it's cold for a bit, but once you get inside, you're all good. Uh, and the pools are fantastic. I, I've never had a team not swim fast at the competition pool. And then um, having access, as you said, to the training facility as well is, I mean, it's top class. Um, my old mate, Shannon Rollison, how have you enjoyed training with him? And, and how's it been for you? I mean, as you said, 21 years with one coach. I know you're probably not reinventing the wheel with Shannon. He'd just be looking at what you're doing and tinkering a little bit. And you don't need to give away too many secrets about what you two are doing behind the scenes. But how much have you enjoyed working with Shannon? And then has it been an adjustment period at all for you in terms of uh, working with a coach for the first time that's that's not Simon. Yeah. So um, firstly, I've really enjoyed working with Shannon. It's been great. Um, he's been around in the sport for a really long time and a really mature coach and has a, a definite point of view, which is something I was, I was definitely looking for because I've also been around for what, 10 years um, mm. competing internationally. So having that experience behind him was definitely very important to me. And um, it's been great working with him. Nice to do different things. So Obviously, I did um, all the best things in my career under Simon Kuzak and um, loved being coached by him. And um, 
yeah, I saw him every day of my life for 21 years, pretty much. So um, very big adjustment going from that to someone else. But um, Shannon's brilliant. He's got a good grasp on the sport and good technically. And um, also nice to have some some fresh and different ideas. Um, obviously, Simon's a very creative coach, but um, the, all the ideas were coming out of a Simon brain. So nice to have a different, a different brain looking at my freestyle. And um, every coach does something slightly differently and... Um, I, yeah, I appreciate having a, a bit of variety for this last year that I'm in the sport. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, what's exciting. And you can see it even just in you talking about it, that you're excited about it and how collaborative is it? I know obviously for, for myself coaching junior athletes, uh, we get a little bit of input, but you know, 14, 15 year olds still haven't experienced things. You've been in and around the Australian team, as you said, for, for 10 years, you've been to the, to the heights, you've, you've experienced lots of things. So you're coming in with your own background and knowledge. Certainly you're very knowledgeable of your own body and what you're capable of and what you're able to do. So how collaborative is this effort with Shannon in this next year? How much is it, um, you know, Shannon kind of guiding you and then you also having your input on what you think might work and, and what maybe, you know, we could adjust. Yeah. I mean, for my actual training and how my training plays out, um, Shannon and I sat down at the start and had a little chat about um, what we both thought was, was going to be good in that space. And that was, really good but then on a day-to-day um it's sort of more adjusting to um how my body is so obviously the the biggest thing for that invites collaboration is managing all my injuries so making sure that um i'm on top of it if anything needs to be adjusted adjusting that but um i don't like having or i wouldn't like having full creative control over my training program because i am not a coach and I do not understand fully periodization. And I want someone to be looking at my stroke and telling me the things that I can't feel um, because there's only so much that that I can feel in the water. It might look different when you're out. Um, and I really value that feedback. And like I was saying before, a point of view on all of that is really important to me so that I can, um, yeah, have an idea myself, but um, very willing to be absolutely challenged on everything. And um curious about what other people think and a new perspective so um yeah at the beginning we sat down and had a big chat but um since then i, I do whatever sessions are on the whiteboard <laughs> um, <laughs> and obviously if anything needs adjusting especially for injury um that's that's something we'll sort of cross as we come to it yeah well you bring up a, a good point and the fact that you know the Bronte Campbell training now is is not the Bronte Campbell that was training when she was 16 17 to you know 18 coming through and what what are the, some of the differences what in terms of what you're doing outside of the pool now um you know what what sort of things do you need to make sure you're doing to have your body ready to get in the water to execute at, at the best of your ability on on your day has that changed over time like are you doing things now that you're like oh man you know when i was younger i was in the gym doing all these different stuff now i'm doing completely different or is it very similar i don't know what what are you up to at the moment with that yeah there's a i mean obviously with i've got neck and shoulder and back and hip and 
Anyway, a whole bunch of other things. Oh, jeez, so, mate, that's the last. <laughs> Do you want to add any more to the list? Well, I've sort of got a bit of an elbow and a knee thing as well. Oh, but so you did have more to add to the list. Yeah, I did have more yeah. to add, but it's, it's fine. Um, those ones aren't that bad. Um, so basically a lot of rehab, which obviously I didn't do when I was like springy and bouncy and 17 and everything sort of worked. Actually, I've had my hip injury since I was 15. So um, even back then I was doing a bit of management, but yeah, lots of um, lots of rehab stuff, which is um, obviously it's not the most interesting because you're not lifting heavy things, but I might go in um, when everyone has a morning off and do like a big hour long rehab session um, outside of my normal gym, which I definitely wouldn't normally have done um, when I was 17. Um, and then just in the gym in general, I mean, I've always been fairly strong, but just keeping um, strength and global strength and um, that helps a lot with the with the health of my of my shoulder so um I do a lot of that then outside of outside of that Pilates and yoga which I definitely wouldn't have been doing when I was 17 um I do quite a bit of that just for a bit of movement and um a bit of coordination as well so yeah there's a, there's quite a bit that I definitely never thought I would I would need um it was just like rock up and do 20 minutes of stretching and then get in um and I do sort of need a good sort of 40 minutes before I get in the pool just to get everything warmed up and ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, as you said, that's why, you know, you sort of um, sparked that question with just a couple of the things getting ready. So I was like, oh, there must be, yeah, completely different in terms of the outside of the pool. In the pool, um, you know, again, without giving too much away, but, you know, what, what are you up to? How are you feeling? It must also be um, a little bit exciting for you, or it could be very exciting, you can tell me, in terms of coming this sort of, let's call it a comeback because you never really said you weren't doing it anymore, but all of these things, you know, you're coming up for um, short course um, state, the nationals, you're going on World Cup tours, that you're sort of building your way back up to try and get back to your best, obviously, for next year's trials. Uh, it's almost like a build back, right? Whereas when you were sort of in the thick of it, there's certain things that maybe you wouldn't have done. You know, some of these meets, you would have been on different camps or different teams where now you're sort of building. Is that exciting for you, that challenge of and, and doing these things, which you would have done when you were younger, but you're sort of coming through with more experience and now it's a little bit more exciting? Yeah, it's definitely, it's um it's exciting, the prospect of coming back and racing. So I've done very little racing since I started training. So very excited to just get in and see what you can do. I think the other really exciting bit is the removal of expectation because, um, like you said, when you're in peak fitness constantly um, and you're maintaining a very high standard, there's obviously a very high expectation. And um, women's 100 freestyle is an incredibly competitive event which we've held ourselves to a very high standard even at really small meets you have to some world-class times in order to be um, anywhere near standing on a podium so um, being at that constant level of high performance is very different from um, starting back and being like all right well I'm building and um, training's been going really well but um, my biggest challenge is not um, pushing forward too quickly and thinking I should be able to do the things that I used to be able to do because it's it's still um, a work in progress to build back. But every time I get to get up and compete, there is sort of this um, this feeling of like, oh, well, I wonder what I can do today. Like, what can I possibly achieve? Because 
Um, I've only been training for a few months, so it does sort of take that that expectation off. And um, as long as I can execute a really good race, then um, then I'm then I'm pretty happy and try and convert some of the work that we've put together in training. So I'm really enjoying that, enjoying being able to compete in short course season. I barely ever do a short course season. Um, to be honest, short course is not really my forte, but um, exciting to be able to just jump in and do it. I can't remember the last time I – I think the last time I raced short course was like – 2019 or something possibly yeah so um nice to be able to come back and do some of these things again um especially knowing that uh this is the last time around that's a definite for me and um yeah after um yeah after the last olympics i won't won't necessarily be going for another world championships after that so just putting everything into this last um few months yeah well i mean we i saw you down in canberra um race which was quite extraordinary actually because a lot of people stayed behind and watched you do the 50 because the 50 freestyle was at the end of Sunday which we we won't talk about the placement of that event being at the end of a Sunday afternoon a long weekend but yeah a lot of people stayed around and watched and you know you you did a great job and you swam fast down there and I wanted to um, give you your flowers in terms of your um, access that you gave the swimmers and the people around you I know my um athletes got a selfie with you and and you were more than um happy to to give other people um you know time and um it's something that i don't think the swimmers and the australian swim team get enough credit for i i I don't believe the access that that you all give the juniors coming up how important is that for you given your you know fandom as a young swimmer coming up and and looking at idols and you know wanting to get photos with a, a Libby Trickett or a Jody Henry and, and those girls coming up? And how important is it to you that you do? I mean, you didn't stand there forever because you got a life to live to and you had to go off and swim down, but you certainly gave more than enough, I thought, time and access to get photos and selfies. And as I said, I wanted to, you know, congratulate you for that and give you your flowers. How important is it for you to do that and sort of inspire the next generation as well? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm always happy to um, hang out with other swimmers. I think it's um, it's an important part of building our sport. And I remember when I was their age, if I'd been um, given the opportunity to to race alongside or be at the same swim meet as some of those names that you mentioned before, um, like Jody Henry or Alice Mills, and um, just even getting to look at them on pool deck and watch them walking around, that was always an incredibly exciting thing. And so, I mean, back then I was probably more interested in autographs and photos because I don't think that phones took amazing photos back then. But um no, no I don't think that sound like I'm hundred years old. <laughs> um but <laughs> no I think I think it's very, very, very important. And um I absolutely have no problem doing it. After that 50 I had to drive back to Sydney. So I got out of there pretty quickly. But um I do always like to take a bit of time because um what's 10, 15, 20 minutes to me, if um, if that's something that's really exciting for a kid, I don't take it for granted at all. No, well, as I said, you did a great job, mate. And I, I don't think a lot of uh, the Aussie team get uh, the credit that they deserve for that sort of stuff. You always see it at um, State, New South Wales State Open, and kids are waiting there literally when you guys are all finishing your races to like, oh, can I get a photo? And and the amount of times I saw, you know, Ariane or Kyle or whoever it was just go, yeah, 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 that's fine. I thought, oh, you poor bastard. You must be so, so tired and ready to just jump over and swim down. But, but you know, you guys do it. Um, 
You, you mentioned uh, short course season and, and you're competing at Australian short course champs in, I think, three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it might be. How exciting is that for you, but also managing your own expectations? You said that yourself there. That's a challenge of yours, I guess, um, in terms of your comeback and b- building it back up. And then, you know, when you swim, are you at the, sp- the spot that you feel like you should be or where you once were? Is is that exciting, but also, as you said, challenging for you to manage your own, not anyone else's, because nor should you care what anybody else is, is thinking or expecting of you, but your own expectations, because you've been to that mountaintop, so you know what you're capable of and what your body can do. So then, you know, realising that, oh, wait, I've got to build myself back to that. It's not a matter of click my fingers. Yeah, there's um, there's a very, the base level of fitness is, is, comes back quite quickly and you see like at the beginning particularly a lot of improvements very quickly going from not having swum at all for 18 months to okay like I can definitely swim 3k no problems to my aerobic paces are coming back but um, that very good top end speed and being able to hold that and tolerate lactate that's um, definitely the last piece of the puzzle and it's um, law of diminishing returns. It requires a lot of work to get just a, a little improvement. So at the start, you get all these lovely, it's sort of like when, when you are like a junior swimmer and you're getting PBs all the time and then you might reach a place where there's a big plateau and um, you're, you're not improving, but you're still working really hard and then there's a bit of a breakthrough. So I'm sort of aware that that's, um, that's the pattern and that's how it will probably go. Um, but I obviously always want to be performing well and there's um performing and occasionally thinking about what I used to be able to do but then there's also um I have a pretty good idea when I stand behind a blocks what I think I'm capable of like I actually don't um I wouldn't talk about it with with anyone before but like in the back of my mind I sort of have like an idea of what I think I should be able to do Mm. so I um I measure myself up to that as well and if I'm if I um, faster than that then great and if I'm not faster than that then I have a really good think about why um, why it wasn't like that but I've only I've literally done two races since I came back so <laughs> I haven't had a lot of opportunity to do that and the first the first race what was that it was a 50 freestyle at um, Long Course States and um, it's the first time I'd some 53 for 18 months so my goal there, like in the back of my head, I was like, if I can go under 25 seconds, I'd be, um, I'd be satisfied with that. So managed to tick that one off. And that was like a good way to, good way to start the, the, um, build back. Yeah. Well, um, good luck with it, mate. Cause I, I know everyone's going to be excited to see. And obviously for yourself, as you said, you, you've missed a bit of racing, so it's going to be exciting to sort of, and it's your first time of a hit out at, at a higher level as well, as you said, you've sort of touched it here you mentioned a little bit there a little bit here but you know now with aussie short course um it's another level so um you must be excited for that and I, as i said i'm excited to see it touching on the australian short course and then the australian team we're off the back of world champs in fukuoka where obviously the australian team did phenomenally well um h- how proud are you of what you were a- able to watch i mean i i said to you did you get to see much of these like oh and i was wondering like oh you didn't see him and then you're like no i had to go to sleep because it was on really late like one of the finals or one of the late ones and then i was like oh yeah that's right you know you had to wake up the next morning you go to training as well so how much of it did you see but also how exciting was it to see where the australian team's at uh in terms of world swimming 
Yeah, it was an incredible meet. Um, obviously, don't need me to tell you that or tell anyone that. It was um, it was astounding. There were so many amazing performances. It was it was great to watch. Uh, as I said to you before, I didn't actually watch all of it. Yeah. Um, getting up at five o'clock in the morning, I was like, well, I definitely need to put my put my training first. But I can always yeah. look up the look up the results and yeah. have a look at the races afterwards. So, Well, that's uh, what I was going to say. Sorry to interrupt you because a lot of yeah. the kids always say to me now, oh, you know, it's on too late. And I think, well, hang on, hang on. When I was a kid, yeah, it was on too late because I used to have to put a videotape in and press record and then I'd have to fast forward to find the spot that I wanted to watch. And, like, I, that's what I did with the 2000 Olympics. I literally recorded every day on these videos. Nowadays, it's streamed. You can literally just hit the race that you wanted to watch the next day. So you're right. Like, you could always – you didn't have to stay awake that late, especially, obviously, some of the races you would have wanted to, but some of them you can – just hit the next day and there, there's that race. So yes, yes, you bring up a good point. Yeah, you can, you can look it up. And I definitely did. Um, and that's always a, a nice thing. It's it's also very funny not actually being there because um, it's, it's kind of surreal because you just go about your everyday life and, <laughs> and then something really big and dramatic is happening on the other side of the world. And I know, what everyone would be doing at that time, getting ready for their races and how nervous they'd be feeling. And you're just like back here training. So it's, um, it's a very funny feeling um, being on the other side of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, as I said, um, it, it was a great meet and it was fantastic. And I think the, the, the question that it leads me to as well is, especially with women's sprinting at the moment, that upward trajectory is just phenomenal. I, th I think, um, Everyone in that four by one was on fire. Um, one of the fastest females at that meet for Australia was Shana Jack. And, you know, she didn't even have an individual spot in the hundred, but she was flying in, in the relay. She, she killed it in the, in the 50 as well with the, a silver behind Sarah Showstrom, which is no mean feat considering she broke the world record. So, um, you know, what, what was that like for you to watch that? But then also knowing that in, in 11 months time or whatever it is, you know, you're having a crack at those girls as well. I, I get, personally get super excited about trials next year because I know yourself, your sister, all the swimmers that are coming back, trying to get in that, those spots as well with the talent that's already there. I don't think we've probably seen anything like this for quite some time in, in Australian swimming, maybe since back in the day when I had the videotape in and in the 2000s when just the talent across the board, if that makes sense, not that there hasn't been talent before, but good Lord, the, the trials final for the 50 and the 100 for, and the 200 uh, is got, almost going to be like a Olympic final in itself. Yeah, it's um, a depth in those sprint freestyle events are incredible. And I feel um, very lucky that for... Um, or fortunate that for what eight nine years I think nine years in a row Kate and I held the the 50 freestyle spots which is um, especially when you look at how tough the field is was was an incredible thing that we're we're both very proud of and um, being part of watching that next generation come through um, is also something that I'm really glad that I got to stick around and and see happen in the sport so um definitely amazing watching everyone swim really fast but um I don't really I don't really look at everyone else swimming fast and think oh cool now I've got to swim faster than that to beat them I just sort of focus on um what I'm doing and what I'm good at and I know I'm a really 
um, good racer and I'm a really good trainer and I've got a, a year to put something good together. And for me, it's all it's all just about focusing on on myself and not really worrying about anyone else. Um, those sort of nine years that or maybe it was eight years in the hundred and nine years in the fifty that. Kate and I held those individual spots. There was, I mean, Emma McKeon was right there behind us. Um, uh, Olympic trials in 2016, there was already three of us that were going under 53 seconds. And I didn't, um, I didn't get to have that individual spot by thinking about, oh, Emma might beat me or this, or thinking about anyone else just obviously um, spent their time thinking about myself. And 2016 was a long time ago now. (laughs) That was like seven years ago that, um, that we were all doing that, which is which is pretty crazy. So it's um it's always nice to be in the pool with um Kate and Emma and Maddie, um uh who are sort of the the original ones. Um I grew up racing with with Maddie and Emma, we're the same age group. So um nice to be in the pool with them. And then also uh, I get very excited about welcoming in the new talent and um watching them shine and do really well. It's um it's an exciting thing to me because um, you want the sport to keep on moving and growing and um, looking at this next gen, you know, that they're definitely going to keep doing that. So um, I get exciting watching it and um, I hope everyone gets excited watching it as well, because the more competition and the better the racing is, the the more excellent you have to be. That's, I think that's why the 100 freestyle um, and the 50 freestyle and the 200 freestyle are also good is because we've had um a long history of having to be amazing at those events in order to succeed, in order to get anywhere near a podium. And it doesn't just come from my generation. It comes from the generation before me. Like we had Alice Mills and Libby Lenton and Jody Henry, who were all pushing each other constantly. Um, And there was three people and two spots on the team. Um, And you could be the third fastest person in the world and not have an individual race. So, that generation, um, we knew if we, as I was coming up, if I wanted to beat them, I had to be the best in the world. And so that was then what I was aiming for, right, from when I was a really young kid. So um, I'm really happy that I've sort of run my, well, almost finished running my leg in the relay and hand on hand on to the next gen. And so I'm glad that we got to carry that excellence from the previous era and um, hopefully pass on to the next one. Well, you definitely did that, mate. And, you know, as you said, um, for myself, it's exciting. But as you know, to your point, you know, you, you need to at least somewhat have your blinkers on and just focus on what you're doing as well and not sort of worry about too much. And you're absolutely right. It's good advice. It's the sort of stuff that as coaches, we say to our athletes in terms of not worrying about what others are doing around you. You can't control it, control what you can control. But as the fan of me, as I said, I'm just excited to watch that final and, and all the girls going at it. And you know, we, we've mentioned and toyed around with the ending of swimming and, and your career in, in the water and, and what you might do after that. Um, and obviously with, with your business um, acumen and what you're doing there now, would you be interested in staying involved in the sport in terms of, you know, on some boards or on advisory things and things like that? Do you see yourself staying involved in the sport um, you know, I'm not putting you on the retirement bench just yet. I know you've you've got you've still got your races to go, mate. But outside of that, do you see yourself staying involved in the sport? Do you think? Well, I'm I'm already president of the Swimmers Association, so the Australian Swimmers Association. I've been doing that for six years now, so um, that's a responsibility that I um, don't take lightly. Um, so I'm already 
already involved in in that aspect of it. And um, I think there'll be a, a piece of me that wants to walk away and start something fresh, but there's always a piece of me that'll stay in swimming um, for sure in, in some capacity. I mean, it's been such a huge part of my life. It's, I started doing it when I was seven years old and um, it's been what I've spent most of my time thinking about since then. So um, to walk away from it entirely will be um, probably not the best thing to have like a complete clean cut. So I'm sure I'll be in and around somewhere. And I think that's, that's something our sport could do um, a little bit better is finding those avenues to keep people involved and keep them around the pool deck, even if they're just there watching at meets. It's um, it's always pretty great if you look up in the stands and you see past swimmers there. It's um, it's a nice feeling of community. Yeah, well, I think that's why I bring it up. And it's, it's it's selfish of me, I, I guess, because you know it's your life. You want to live it and do what you know. You might want fresh changes and fresh starts, but I think selfishly, you know, as you said, your experience and knowledge that you've gained through your time in the pool, I, I think, is just invaluable. And and you can't replicate that just from somebody who you know is good in business or whatever it is. You know, you've got experiences and understanding and knowledge that um, I think would be you know, very, very beneficial to Australian swimming and world swimming moving forward. So I personally would like to see, see you stick around in those roles and because I think you'd be fantastic. And um, But, yeah, as you said, you know, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? You might just get super excited with the business stuff and you might get out there and you've got other ventures, which we're going to get to right now because we did mention this at the top. PB with Bronte, um, the swim gear range. First of all, where does that come from? Bronte, where does that come from in, in your brain? Are you sitting around because you're pretty creative. I know you've got your pottery and you're doing stuff where you're just sort of sketching something one night and you started work thinking, oh, I might look at this. How did it come about? It actually came about, um, it was sort of just ruminating in the back of my head a little bit. It came about through COVID really. So I um, during that time there was a lot of people and um, no one could get into swimming pools or swim squads, but we could swim in the ocean. So everyone was doing a lot of ocean swimming and I was swimming with a group of people and um, there was just a lot of questions about, oh, what's the best like head position? How do I recover my hand? And I started like giving people a lot of tips and teaching them. And they're like, what do you use a pool boy for? What do you use a kickboard for? What is all of this for? Um, and I was like, you know what? We don't actually do a very good job outside of um, coaching and swim squads of like spreading that information around. So I was like, you know what, why don't I design my own swim gear? Um, something that I would really like to use. So a lot of, um, a lot of swim gear is like bright fluoros or like heavy blacks, or it's got like a picture of an octopus on it or something. It's designed mainly for, for like young children. Um, so I was like, why don't I design something that I really like and got inspired by all the different things that I love. So Obviously, I love indoor plants. I've got like a million of them. I love clay. I love the I love the ocean, and um, put together a bit of a color palette that represents all of all of that. That's um, a bit more muted, a bit more adult, and sort of represents the fact that I've grown up from when I was using an octopus kickboard. Um, and then alongside each one of those items, when you when you get it, you get access to um, some videos that are recorded explaining like how you would use it in your training and why you would use it. Um, and as well as that on my, on my Instagram, I'm pretty, um, pretty happy to share things for free as well. So I put up some sessions and just different ways to integrate um, all this different gear into your own training, because 
Um, I don't think swimming is just for people in in squads. Like, yeah, of course it is. And it's it's great if you have a squad and a community, but it's also just for um like someone who just wants to run down and find some water. That's what's so great about swimming is you don't you don't need a lot. You just need the pool and um a bit of gear and you're you're good to go. That's that's the same it's the same gear that I use every single day in training to train for the Olympics. And you can just bundle it up and, and get in the water with a bit of knowledge and go for it. So like like things like the swimming cap, right? So um normally I'd explain how to use the gear, but like a swimming cap, I don't need to explain yeah. how to use a swimming cap. I think everyone gets that. But the video that goes alongside that is all about um best head position and things like that. Yeah. Well, so with the swim gear range, obviously for, for people listening, go to PB with Bronte uh, on Instagram. Uh, you can find it on, on Facebook. Obviously there's a, a website as well to go to um, the swim gear range is fantastic. We're also going to look at doing possibly a, uh, a, a competition giveaway here on off the block swimming podcast as well, which is really exciting. Um, and Bronte, I know is going to be doing some competition giveaways herself, uh, with the range, but what, what are we looking at here, Bronte, in terms of the swim, what, what gear, what, what, are, what can people get excited about, but having access to purchase? So there's pool boys, kickboards, fins, and then some, some caps. This is all the, the, the sage range. And like you said, we'll be doing some some giveaways. Keep your eyes peeled, um, especially through September, Super September giveaway time. Um, all the range um, is all color coordinated. It all goes together. So um, I'm sure I'll I'll share some images and we can we can post them and we can check it out. I hope they they really like it. I really like it. It's something I really want to use. So um, I yeah I really. I really hope everyone gets behind it and gets behind the the concept of PB. So for me, it was PB obviously standing for personal best. Um, non swimmers is like, why why you have a brand called Peanut Butter? It's like, well, <laughs> I didn't think of that. Um, PB personal best chasing chasing what what your best is is something that I'm um, I really am passionate about that concept. Um, and when I was outside of the pool and having that time off, I um what my best looked like definitely changed from from day to day I used to go I was going from training eight nine k a day to like being in the office and if I could just get out and do a little bit of exercise I felt really good and I had to realign what um my best looked like so no matter what stage you are I think um the concept of personal best it doesn't matter whether you're training for the Olympics or whether you're just trying to get um fit again um I think it's a really good a good goal so um yeah on um, you can you can buy straight from amazon or you can go on my shopify or um on my instagram and um yeah there's a there's a bunch of gear waiting just waiting for the, the <laughs> next gen of swimmers to enjoy it well i i, I love that concept and I, I shared um a photo on my instagram not long ago it wasn't my concept i just loved the photo but it was about um your best looks different every day. And it was such a zigzag sort of line and your best could be here and your best could be there because every day, you know, as you said, like sometimes we could be swamped, we're busy, we're up at 5 a.m., we're not stopped till 7 p.m. Sometimes your day is just looking different. Sometimes you're bugged, you're tired, you're sick, you've, you know, you've got nothing really left to give. So your best does look very different. So I, I love that concept. I think it's fantastic. As I said, get around it, have a look on Instagram, PB with Bronte, Facebook, um, follow her, 
follow the page because um, that's where you're going to see all the giveaways and things like that. I really like the fins. I mean, I like everything, but I had a look at the fins. They look really good. Yeah, I'm really happy with the fins. I, I worked with the manufacturer to make sure that they're they're quite a nice, like, soft silicon, um, which is nice and comfy on your feet, but also um, hard enough that they give you enough propulsion through the water. When I started swimming, we had those really long, like, floppy fins. Remember, like, with the mm. – they had, like, the blue on the actual foot and then the yellow for, like, the flipper thing. You looked like a yep. little like a little duck and you couldn't walk in them. <laughs> um, these – the shorter fins are really great because – um they provide really good propulsion but you can also like use them at the beach and like actually walk into the water wearing them without like falling over (laughs) um and my other sneaky thing that i love about these fins is that because they're quite a a neutral color sometimes you can't entirely tell that someone's wearing them so you just look (laughs) like you're swimming really really well (laughs) geez bronte's going fast today look at it go she's on track um no you're right did, you, did simon ever cut those fins so my coach alan thompson back in the day he would let you know you had to have shorter fins and if you were cheeky and you just bought the longer fins he would get his scissors and he'd say yeah give me those and he'd cut them so all of a sudden <laughs> your, your fins were cut did your did your fins ever get cut yeah i remember i think if you've had like the extra extra long ones occasionally they'd um, whip the scissors out and cut yeah. them um, my parents were devastated. So my mum was like, I paid so much money for those fins. He yeah. just chopped up, choom, gone. <laughs> so funny. I don't know why everyone had such huge fins now. Now it's sort of everyone's got the shorter ones. But um, I don't know why we thought we needed such yeah, a We're all going snorkeling apparently. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's, it's not great for your ankles. Like that's why I used to find those really long ones. It was quite bad on your ankles. The shorter ones tend to be. A little bit better. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's what sort of caught my eye. I mean, it looks like a great range, but I remember seeing those fins of yours and I thought, geez, they look like really good fins. That They look great quality. So keep uh, an eye out, obviously, on off the blocks as well. We're going to do a, a bit of a prize giveaway. I'm going to talk to Bronte after and see what we can come up with. bit of a competition. I just give things away. You've got to work for it. So we'll see what we can do. And I'm, as Bronte said, have a keep an eye out in September. Um, she'll be doing some stuff on PB with Bronte as well. Mate, thank you very much for joining us today again on Off The Blocks. It's great to catch up with you and I'm super excited uh, for you for the next 11 months because, um, as you said, it's, it's an exciting time. You, you're sort of reinventing what, you know, is your best and you're climbing the ladder again, which, you know, I can tell from just talking to you, you're excited about. There's an enthusiasm about it, which is super inspiring to me because, you know, you've been doing it for a very long time and, and you know, to, to still be excited and enthusiastic about what is capable, uh, what is possible, sorry, and what you're capable of is an inspiration to a lot of the swimmers out there who are battling every day and, um, you know, they don't get a PB and they're wondering should they should be stopping swimming or what are they doing? And to see you, you know, uh, coming back, having this tremendous outlook on on what you're trying to achieve stepping forward but in small steps as well and then and you know being comfortable with that trajectory and that plan um i'm excited to see you know where where your swimming takes you over the next 11 months um i'm excited to see how pb with bronte goes as well because i think it looks fantastic so i want people to get around it it's half the reason why i reached out to you as well because i was like oh i want to get around this as well so i wanted to make sure we were promoting it but yeah mate congratulations um thank you for jumping on again to chat with me i always get you know 
I was talking to Matt Thompson. He said he has imposter syndrome commentating next to uh, Ian Thorpe and GR. And I said, I feel the same when I get to talk to Brontier and Ariane Titmus. I always think, why do I get to talk to these superstars of our sport? So thank you very much, mate. I appreciate you coming on Off the Block Swing podcast again. No, thank you so much for having me. That's um, that's very kind. You do a you do a brilliant job. That's why that's why you get to talk to people. And um, just before I actually go on that little bit about haven't had PBs for a while, like my last PB was in two thousand and eight in the hundred freestyle, and two thousand and fifteen for the fifty freestyle. So if I'm still here eight <laughs> six years later, kicking along, still chasing a PB, and you've gone a few months without one, don't worry. Um, just just keep plugging away at it. It's um. It's often how we measure success is how long you've gone between PBs. And um, I think that it's, it's always great to, to have that to keep ahead and chasing, but um, not good if it gets you despondent. So don't worry. I've probably like gone way longer than any of your listeners without a PB. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the power of, of that brand PB with Bronte is that, you know, as you said, I think you, you won your world championships in 2015, correct? Yeah. And that wasn't a PB? No, that was. I That was a PB in the 50 and the 100. Okay, yeah. But, like, that was 2015. That PB from my 50 then to win that was um, is still my PB in the 50. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just been a, a long time in, in between PBs for sure. But um, that, that doesn't mean that I don't turn up every day and try yeah. to do my best, like, on that day constantly. Um, and, yeah, a, bi- a big thing for me was Commonwealth Games in 2018 because that was the first time I'd done a PB in my 100 um, while I'd been injured. So that was like a very big thing for me to know that you could actually get better than you were before you were injured. That was that was sort of a huge, a huge milestone. But yeah, 2018 was the last time I did a, a PB in the 100 freestyle. So um, I've definitely, I've won Australian championships. I've, um, I've, been in relays of broken world records in relays and none of those swims were actually pbs so um chasing them is is always the goal but definitely you're not you're not going to get it every single time <laughs> i'm a testament to that <laughs> yeah well that's what i was yeah that's what i guess i was getting at is that's the the strength of that sort of um thought process of pb with bronte is that your best looks um very different every day what what your pb is might not necessarily be the fastest you've ever gone. It might be your PB that day because, as you said, you were sick, you were down, you were tired, but you still got up and you were 0.2 off your best ever. And you're like, geez, that's pretty good considering I'm absolutely wrecked right now. That's to me and and based off your branding, that's a PB in itself that day. And I love that message to everyone. I think it's a positive one. I think it's one that gives people um, a, a different perspective rather than doom and gloom, black and white, you know, it's a PB or it's not, you failed or you succeeded. Um, success looks very different in, in many different ways. And, uh, I never think of things as failures anyway. They're always just learning experiences, but that, you know, that's the message from that brand, which I absolutely love mate. So thank you very much for, for spreading that word. Um, hopefully the listeners, as I said, took a lot out of our chat today, get around it, PB with Bronte. Um, keep an eye out for the giveaways on Off the Blocks and also on Bronte's Instagram pages. Um, thank you very much, mate. Thanks for coming on. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Robbie. Thank you. Today's episode of Off the Block Swimming Podcast is proudly brought to you by our great sponsors, DMC Fins. 
DMC fins are the best training fins in the business. Just have a look around in everybody's kit bag on pool deck. And there's a pair of DMC fins in there. Swimmers, surfers, they're all using DMC fins as their choice of aquatic propulsion. Even superstar Cody Simpson is using DMC fins to help with his training towards Paris 2024. Head over to dmcfins.com.au right now for all the latest deals and discounts on fins as well as hand paddles and other training aids and use the promotion code off the blocks for a 10% discount at checkout. I just wanna be with you.